Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee was captured by the Lord Jesus as a young man of 19 in his native land of China. He consecrated his life to preach the gospel and later labored side by side with Watchman Nee for parts of three decades before bringing the ministry to the West in 1962. The Life Study of the Bible is a significant contribution to the heritage of Bible exposition, and we're delighted to be able to bring short portions of this spoken ministry to you from the Life Study of Philippians on today's broadcast. Before we join today's program, we'd like to offer you our free monthly newsletter, The Hearing of Faith. To receive your free copy, just call 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That number again is 1-888-543-3788. Now, let's join today's life study. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to God. That's Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. And we have another life study today revealing the secret of connecting the Word, the bountiful supply of the Spirit, and unceasing prayer. For the purpose of living Christ. Joining us for our fellowship today is Francis Ball. Francis, welcome back. Thank you very much. I anticipate from your quoting of this verse a very enjoyable time. It's a wonderful, enjoyable verse, and I think we pray together that the Lord would bring all of us into a real practical, experiential enjoyment of such a word today. I believe so. Francis, in our program today, We've come to the critical matter of just how to take this processed triune God that we've been hearing about in recent programs into our being as food. Many of us have thought that this means to just memorize Bible verses and recite them. Maybe we have a box full of verses that sits on our dining room table and we practice that. And this is a good practice, Francis. We don't put it down. But uh, there's more to this than just memorizing verses, isn't there? There certainly is. I can remember when I was first enjoying the Lord by memorizing verses, I did find that very helpful. I used to do what you're saying, you mm-hmm. know, have a box of verses there, go through them. And uh, I learned how to to touch the Lord a little bit that way. But nothing quite so sweet and so enjoyable as singing. Mm-hmm. You know, praying the Word is really nourishing right. and helpful. Right. But singing the word is really enjoyable. Right. And the verse you read says, uh, with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Singing. So if we're singing yeah. with grace in our heart to the Lord, that is really an enjoyment because grace itself is just the enjoyment of God in Christ. So when we sing with grace in our hearts to the Lord, I cannot think of a better way to get God infused into us. It really is so, and uh, many of uh, God's seekers, ones that he has used through the centuries, have discovered this secret. I think there are multiple testimonies of the same thing you're describing, the sweetness and the nourishment and the grace that comes from this practice of even singing the Word of God with grace in our hearts to the Lord. We're going to tap that a little bit today. In the first portion of our message today, we're going to lay a kind of foundation 
And in order to do so, Witness Lee is going to help us to see the difference, the distinction, even the discrepancy, to quote him, as our listeners will hear in just a moment, between our natural concept and God's economy as to how to approach the Christian life. Let's join him for this portion. You all should have the full knowledge concerning one thing. That is the difference between God's economy and our concept. There is a big discrepancy between our concept and God's economy. Our concept is that after we got saved, we make up our mind to behave, to improve our behavior. Everybody like this. Our concept was just like this, to improve our human being. We realized we were weak, we couldn't make it, so we prayed, begging God to come in to help us. And we had exercised our faith to put our trust in Him that He would come in to help us. All the Christians can testify to this one thing. God never answered this kind of prayer. <laughs> the more you pray this way, the more he will not come in to help you. The more you pray that uh, your behavior has to be improved, the more your behavior goes downhill. We all can testify to this because this has been our experience. Because this is against God's economy. Then God's economy is just to work himself into us, to dispense all what he is into us, to impart all his divine elements, substance, ingredients into our being that we may have him as our life and as our life supply to live him. Not to have improved human character, but just to live God. This big discrepancy. But sorry to say, most Christians have fallen into the trap of the improvement of human character and still remain in this trap. You know what, brothers and sisters? Half a century ago, when I was young, I did a lot of foolish praying, but not now. I like to sleep and rest. I don't like to pray this way. Well, Francis, I don't know about you, but I can surely amen his word that God just does not like to answer this kind of prayer. The prayer that says, Lord, help me to be a better person. Help me to improve. Not only did we hear that this idea of improving our behavior is not according to the divine economy in the Bible, even more, it's a trap or a snare. How could such a good religious aspiration be considered a snare or a trap? Just about every kind of uh, practice that we invent that's a religious practice becomes a snare. And particularly this one, I think uh, this thought is so good to memorize the Word. And yet, that's only a mental activity. 
It's just something that uh, enters into your mind, but it doesn't assimilate the very element that's in the Word into your spirit and into your being. The way to avoid this is, first of all, the exercise of the Spirit. If we don't exercise the Spirit in reading the Word or pray reading the Word or singing the Word, then we lack something of a digestion of the nourishment that's in that Word. The Word of God itself is really spirit and life. So if we take the Word as spirit, with our spirit exercised, that Word becomes nourishment to us. That Word becomes life to us. Then we really are enjoying Christ. We are really assimilating the riches of Christ. So it really is the only way we can avoid just having a religious practice, even though that may seem so good, yet it really becomes a snare because of the lack of the exercise of our spirit. And the best way I know to exercise the Spirit is to pray. And another very good way is to sing. To sing the Word, to pray the Word, is a good way to avoid being caught in a snare of just uh, certain kind of religious practices. We've had some very helpful programs, Francis, in this middle portion of our life study of Philippians. We've seen the matter of breathing the Lord's name in. We've seen the matter of eating by praying his word. And, Mm -hmm. of course, in the breathing, we saw that very helpfully through calling on his name. Mm -hmm. We have all these physical pictures that help bring these spiritual things we touch in the Bible into a practical application, don't we? And the singing of the word, as you said, uh, another one that uh, we all know it's enjoyable to sing. We all love music in every context. But here, to merge this with the word of God can be an immensely helpful practice, can it? It certainly can. If we just pick up the Bible... Pray, read the Word, that's very helpful, and it's very nourishing. But to sing the Word just brings in an enjoyment that can't be compared with any other kind of exercise. Well, we want to go back to this matter of eating for a few moments here in this coming section. I think we could call this, you are what you eat. That's a cliche, but it has a lot of relevance to how we're going to hear it unfolded for us by Witness Lee. Let's go back to him. God is not actually teaching us. God is nourishing us. His nourishing is the real teaching. You see the point? God is nourishing us. God is watering us. God is infusing all what he is and all what he has into our inner being. This is God's way. For what purpose? Not for the purpose that we do something for him. No, no, no. For the purpose... For a sole, single, unique purpose. That is to leave him. To leave him. I could never forget this sentence I read from a book. It says what? It says, you are what you eat. Don't eat chicken too much. If you do, you'll become chicken. (laughs) Don't eat beef too much. If you do, at least... After certain months, you will smell like a cow. <laughs> you know, when I was young, my home was in the uh, hill country, full of mountains, no sea. It was about uh, just a little over 10 miles away from my grandparents on the mother's side. They lived on the sea. You see, by that time... Ten miles was quite a distance. We have to take about four hours 
from my home to go to my grandparent's home. Whenever I got there, it bothered me. Everyone in their home just smelled like a fish. <laughs> everyone. Everyone, old, young, everyone smelled like a fish. I asked my mother, mother, what happened? Everybody's like a fish. She said, don't you realize all of them, morning, noon, evening, three times a day, eat fish. Fish was their food. They live on the sea. They fish. So they eat fish. And eventually they become fish. You are what you eat. Over 20 years ago, one day I went to our family doctor. I saw his little girl, five or six years old. Her whole face is yellowish. I said, brother, what happened to a girl? Oh, she has been so stupid, and my wife made a big mistake. She ate too much carrot, so she became carrot. <laughs> you are what you eat. Praise the Lord. I hope that we would eat more Christ. Amen. Then we become Christ. Amen. If we eat Christ, surely we will be Christ. Well, Francis, uh, Many times we present portions of Witness Lee's ministry that are very high. Uh, this one was certainly seemingly quite simple, but none more profound, I think, than what we just heard. I think we can all relate to this, especially this matter of smell. It's good to eat fish, but instead of smelling fishy, I think we all want to have a fragrance of Christ. We want something sweet and fragrant of him, even that people can enjoy when they come into contact with us. If the old adage, you are what you eat, Francis, is true in the physical realm, then there's every reason to believe that the same must be the case in the spiritual realm as well, isn't there? Yes, absolutely. The Lord Jesus said to his disciples, The word that I speak unto you, these words are spirit and they are life. And he also said, As I live by the Father, so he who eats me shall live because of me. And we all know that to eat is to take food into us, that it may be assimilated into our being that we could be nourished and we could be supplied in that way. So to eat the Lord Jesus is to receive him into us that he may be assimilated by the regenerated new man in the way of life. And I think these illustrations that Brother Lee just gave us are quite, uh, in a way, humorous. But you have to see this is really the fact. Mm -hmm. When we take in the word by singing, by praying, we get the very element that's embodied in the Word of God, which is spirit. So our spirit gets nourishment. And when we're nourished by the spirit like that, our whole mind, our emotions, our will will even get fed so that we will begin to smell like Christ. We'll begin to uh, give an appearance of what we have eaten. It really is true. Spiritually, we are what we eat. Yeah, the Bible uses that term even that we would have a fragrance, a sweet savor of Christ. Right. It must be only this way, by assimilating him, enjoying him ourselves. You know, when you walk into a room where they're uh, cooking with garlic, you can't help but absorb some of that fragrance, some of that odor that others can detect when you come out of the room. Well, we want to be in Christ even in such a way, don't we, that the That's fragrance right. the fragrance begins to rub off of him and permeate us. That's right. When you come into a room where everyone is enjoying the Lord, they're singing. There is a fragrance there that just can't be found anywhere else. Not any kind of worldly entertainment can 
emit that kind of odor. Well, Francis, you have been intrigued and enjoying this matter of singing since we began the broadcast today. We opened with this verse in Colossians chapter 3. Let me touch it again because Witness Lee now is going to touch the very point you've mentioned a number of times today in this last section about singing with grace in our hearts to the Lord. Once again, Colossians chapter 3 verse 16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to God. Let's join Witness Lee. Whenever the rich word becomes the saturating word within you, it is the bountiful spirit. When the rich word is saturating your being, it becomes the bountiful spirit. By what way? By the unceasing prayer. Then you may ask me, what is singing? Singing is the top prayer. Do you realize when you sing, you pray? I don't think you have ever realized this. The best prayer is to sing. And the best prayer is to thank God. He says, and in everything, whatever you do, in word or in work, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This all praying, singing, praising. What is this? This is just to get yourself fully permeated, infused with Christ, and get yourself fully mingled with him. Sometimes you did have this experience. You may get um, a portion of the word. Then spontaneously within you, there's a melody. There's a melody of that word. When you are singing, that word saturates you richly to nourish you with all its riches. Then what? Then you are just so thankful to God. By that time, who are you? By that time, you are one with Christ. By that time, whatever you say, that is something in Christ. Whatever you do, that is something in Christ. This is to live Christ. So, the rich word becomes the bountiful spirit by the unceasing prayer of singing and thanking. On the positive side, it nourishes you, it strengthens you, it enriches you, it supplies you with all the ingredients you need for your growth. So what? So not only you will be saturated with the word, with the spirit, through your prayer, but also uh the negative things within you will be gradually, daily reduced. And all the positive things will be increasing all the time. Then you have the growth in Him. Then you express Him. Then you live Him. Then you magnify Him. This is all what God is after. I hope this will give you a deep impression that you would all the day practice this. Don't try to improve yourself. Don't pray those useless prayers, but pray the word, sing the word, exercise your spirit to thank God, to praise God, 
to get the word enter into you in a rich way to nourish you with all its riches. When it nourishes you with all its riches, this riches has right away become the bountiful supply of the Spirit. Through your prayer, then you enjoy Him. Hallelujah. Francis, I believe, as he's been speaking, we do need to combine this rich word and unceasing prayer with the singing so we can practically enjoy the bountiful supply of the Spirit. The Apostle Paul charged us to take the Word of God, not only by reading, but also by prayer, and here today, as we've seen, by singing. Then we can enjoy the Lord, we can partake of Him, be one with Him, live Him, grow in Him, and magnify Him. This is what God delights in, so that he can dispense himself into us for his expression through us. Francis, give us your final thoughts today about what we've heard. Well, this is too marvelous. I tell you, Chris, I just feel uh, lifted up by this reminder of how sweet it is to enjoy the Lord in such a way. By taking the word by reading, pray reading, and especially by sing reading, we really end up living Christ. This is what God wants, and this is what can result from this kind of enjoyment. So the Word, as we mentioned a while ago, is the very embodiment of the riches of Christ. So by taking in the Word by all these practical means of praying, of course reading, and pray reading, and singing, and even pray singing, then you are getting the element of Christ himself. It's not a matter of praying some kind of religious self-improvement kind of prayer. I think he really exposed that today, that we are wasting our time with those kind of prayers that God doesn't even answer. So what he does answer is he answers all of our singing, praying, and reading, and pray reading by infusing us with the word, which is Christ himself, and that becomes our living. That's what it means, I believe, that we do everything in the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord means the person of the Lord. His person has become our person. By these kind of practices, he becomes more and more our real being. So we can live him, we can thank him, we can exalt him, we can praise him, we can be him. We can just live Christ who has been infused into us. Francis, as we were early into this life study from Philippians, we touched the verse in Philippians chapter 1, For to me to live is Christ. And we had marvelous uh, messages there on that verse. But it left a lingering thought in me and probably in many who heard that. Yes, that sounds so good, but how? Well, we have really gotten some help in these past few days by the things you just now enumerated, the breathing Christ in, the eating of him and his word by praying over his word and praying with the word and now singing. We have really gotten some practical, experiential grips, I would say, on what it is to live Christ. At least we have a way to go on, don't we? That's right, and that's very, very helpful, enjoyable, and practical. I think based on that, it's uh, probably useful to recommend these printed life study messages. This is volume number two, if you're interested in the life study of Philippians, where so many of these practical application-type messages are available. After he went through the book in more of a formal way, as he was giving this uh, message, this training, as he called it, in 1980, he went back and touched many of these experiential points, and really speaking from the 50 years or so that he had had by that time of his own experience and what he had learned and gained from the Lord. And it was just an immense help to so many of us and has been through the years. We're really, I think, privileged to be able to bring these matters to our listeners. 
It really is a marvelous privilege, and we hope that uh, many of our listeners are entering into this kind of enjoyment. Our toll-free number, if you'd like to contact us, is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. You can write to us, Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. Or you can send an email to us, radio at lsm.org. Please don't miss any of these life study messages from Philippians that we're enjoying so much. We'll be back tomorrow with another one. For Francis Ball today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Even though Christ is immeasurably great, He is available for us to experience. In order to fully enjoy and appreciate Christ, we need a revelation of His person and work, and especially of our union with Him in our regenerated human spirit. As believers, we can abide in Christ and live Him out in our daily experience by receiving the bountiful supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. In the book, The Secret of Experiencing Christ, Witness Lee unveils practical points to enter into a genuine experience of Christ according to the divine revelation contained in Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. The Secret of Experiencing Christ is available at Christian bookstores everywhere. Or you can order a copy from Living Stream Ministry by calling 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. To receive a free catalog of Living Stream Ministry books by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, call our toll-free number 1-888-543-3788.